Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author illustrator Brian Lees, best known for his series of bat picture books that includes Bats at the Library, Bats at the Ball Game, and Bats at the Beach. This spring, he trades bats for another species with the picture book Gator Dad. In the book, an alligator spends a busy day with his children, getting them fed, running errands, and playing around in the park before heading home for books and bedtime. Gator Dad is being published in May by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. Brian, thanks for speaking with me. Well, thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. You know, so this book is seems essentially written as sort of a father's ode uh, to, to his children, or at least to life with his kids. When you first approached this book, did you know that you wanted to write from the father's perspective as opposed to children? Absolutely, because um, I wanted to do this book because I really lived it. Um, I was a stay-at-home dad for a while in the uh, mid-1990s, and so a lot of what went into this book is uh, really kind of my own thoughts about uh, being a stay-at-home dad, some of the uh, funny and not-so-funny experiences that that I had uh, when my daughter Maddie was little. What are some of the, uh, I guess, more personal moments that maybe found their way to the book in, in one form or another? Well, I think I think uh, some of the most personal stuff that uh, got into it was uh, story time, just spending a lot of time reading with my daughter um, and going out and adventuring. And we used to go out on hikes in the woods or to the parks or to the library or things like that together. Uh, so those were those were things sort of from real life. Um, other stuff uh, such as uh, when something has gone bad in the fridge uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the gator dad lets his kids smell it too, um, is more from uh, imagination, more from sort of a, a uh, dad perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And uh, no tumbles into uh, rivers or lakes or anything uh, in those? Uh, Not that I'm allowed legally to speak about, no. <laughs> um, and, you know, the book also starts uh, with a pun, uh, I, I think, at least, you know, squeeze the day instead of uh, the more common kind of carpe diem, seize the day. Um, is there any backstory to that particular uh, wordplay? Well, um, that just sort of came out as I was working on the text of the book, and it really seemed to me a lot of times when I was uh, w- with my daughter that what we were really trying to do was uh, sort of squeeze every little bit of goodness out of the day. And, and that's something that happens whether whether it's a mom with her kids or a dad with her you know, with his his kids. Um, you know, you're you're trying to. Uh, make things as interesting as possible for both the kids and for yourself. For yourself, and uh, it seems like you're going nonstop from the very moment you get up until uh, you finally finally collapse into bed. And, and you know, and somehow the uh, the idea of squeezing the day led you to write a book about gators instead of you know maybe boa constrictors. <laughs> well, the, actually, squeeze the day. Uh, that line came very very late. Mm. Uh, this book went through a lot of different kinds of uh, iterations before uh, it, it finally boiled itself into what it is now. And uh, originally, there were I had at one point actually suggested "Squeeze the Day" as the title of the book, but uh, uh, I think a lot of people that I that I bounced that off of felt that it wasn't uh, positive enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it remained just as a line in the text. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about the permutations. What what are some of the the ideas you played with or maybe forms the book took uh, you know, oh, along the way. I came up with probably about 25 or 30 different titles 
along the way. Um, I originally conceived of this thing over a decade ago, and I'd been thinking about time that I spent with my daughter. And then it uh, boiled up again uh, a few years ago when my daughter finally went off to college. And at different points, uh, this was a rhyming book at the very beginning. I tend to be, even though my bat books are, are rhyming books, uh, I think a, a book should only rhyme if it really has to. And I decided that this one really did not have to. It had, at various points, uh, a sort of a chorus, uh, a line that was kind of a chorus running through it. Um, I felt that that was kind of getting in the way. So uh, what I really wanted to just boil it down to was um, the whole concept that that uh, a lot of dads do things. You know, they're they're doers rather than sayers. And to me, this whole book really boils down to this gator dad's love for his kids and showing his love through the things that they do together. So all those different iterations kind of boiled away <laughs> as much as possible to bring it down to kind of that nub of just sort of seeing the love through the doing. And, you know, as you mentioned, you're not writing in rhyme in this book, but it's, you certainly seem to have ended up with a fairly, you know, kind of restrained, kind of poetic kind of text. Do you feel like with this book and maybe with some of your others, you sort of do end up approaching the text kind of like a poem? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a picture book is, is meant to be read out loud. Um, and so every single word, uh, every single syllable really matters. So uh, very, very definitely. I mean, I, I was trying for uh, a very, very spare kind of a writing style in this and something that was almost a little bit symbolic. I mean, at one point, uh, it's, I will be your, uh, your raft on a sea of grass. And, you know, I just loved that because memories of uh, you know, my older sister and me flopping on my dad's belly on the lawn. And in some ways, the, that, you know, my dad became a boat for us. So I was trying to keep it, keep it spare and really kind of let the illustrations carry the, the, the feeling in the book. It sounds like you were maybe pulling as much from your own childhood memories of your father as, as you were of your more recent memories of being a father yourself. I think uh, to a degree it's true. I mean, I think uh, things have changed and that um, I think that a lot more dads are much more involved in the day-to-day -day aspects of their kid's life uh, today than, than when I was growing up. Uh, I mean, my dad went off to work in the morning, came home at 5.30, and uh, we really only saw him on the evenings and the weekends. And, uh, you know, in my own experience, uh, it was it was different because I really was with my daughter uh, all day long uh, for for at least a couple of years, and then I was the one who picked her up from uh, from daycare, picked her up from school, and things like that. So so I have a feeling that I would I would have to say that this really is more um, a reflection of my own experiences as a dad. And I think that there are, today there are probably many, many more dads who have this kind of experience because back then it was kind of a lonely, <laughs> a lonely thing uh, being a stay-at-home dad. I mean, I would uh, I'd go to the amusement park uh, in the morning, and I'd be the only male there, uh, adult male. And all of the moms would be off to one side talking to each other. And I'd send my, da my daughter out onto the playground. And after a few minutes, the, the, you could see moms casting glances over at me, saying, who is that guy? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with him that he doesn't have a job? Is he actually with a child? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would have to run out frequently and go and play my with my daughter to demonstrate that I was actually with a child. 
and not just some kind of a creepy human who was, who was sort of standing by. There are other examples of things that, that happened when, when uh, I was stay-at-home dad was I'd be at the grocery store, and a woman would come over with a sweet smile on her face and say, oh, isn't that cute? You're babysitting. Or she'd say, oh, look, you're being Mr. Mom. And if you ask any stay-at-home dad, I think maybe, oh, you're being Mr. Mom is one of the most annoying things that you hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would very often say to people, well, actually, I'm being Mr. Dad. It's different, but it's equal. And what I was doing was parenting. You know, and nowadays you see a lot, a lot more of these, uh, you know, what, what my wife and I are calling gator dads. You know, if you think about the, the archetype of the, the tiger mom, <laughs> we kind of have come to think of a gator dad as being that dad who's, uh, uh, talking with his kid in the grocery store about which cereal they should buy. And he's the one who's making boy noises with the cart. You know, as you, as you go around a corner, he's going, you know, and squee or breaks mm-hmm. like that. And uh, seems like the more you, you look for them, the more you see these these gator dads today, mm-hmm. which I think is really wonderful. It makes me think of the, the scene in the book where uh, there's a line about uh, teaching the children the right sounds for all their toys to make. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what, what my wife calls boy noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my daughter a, a play school garage when she was uh, very young when a to- as a toddler. And I tried to teach her all of the backing up beep noises for vehicles and, and brakes and things like that. And it was funny because she simply was not interested in them. Uh, she just was not all that interested in making those noises. But uh, I realized that that was something that I had definitely grown up with. You know, you don't just fly an airplane in your hand it has to make a sort of a bomber noise you know as you bring it through the air so i thought that a a gator dad would always want to teach his kid those boy noises now had you illustrated much in the way of uh, alligators before this book I've I've done a few. Um, there's a book that I illustrated some years ago uh, for Charles Bridge Publishing called uh, Deep in the Swamp. And there was a, a gator and some baby gators in that one. Um, they were kind of fun to do. Yeah, it's fun to do the teeth and the scales and that kind of uh, scaly reptilian, but you hope charming look in the eye. And, uh, you know, th- just throughout the years as a freelance illustrator, uh, alligators have cropped up. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time, you know, for them to be center stage. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some of your thinking about the idea of what a, a gator dad might be. But do you remember the sort of moment where you felt like, oh, a gator, this is the perfect, you know, animal to, to kind of get at this idea for this book? Well, part of my goal for this book was that uh, it might actually be kind of a script for dads who don't say they love their kids, but do love them deeply. Mm-hmm. As I had mentioned before, I think there are a lot of dads who show love by doing rather than saying. And when I was first working on on the story here, the very first sketch actually was an, of an alligator with his arm around a little, little alligator sitting on a, a wall. But I had gone through thinking, well, maybe it should be bears or maybe it should, should be rabbits or something like that. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought that um, a dad reading a book to his kids that's basically about love might be a little bit uh, happier not reading a a book about really cute fuzzy bunnies, but actually an alligator because there's that little bit of a, a tough exterior but the soft inside, too. So that was why the alligators really felt to me like that was the, the, the perfect animal 
to carry the story. Mm. And uh, if I'm correct, you illustrated this book uh, in acrylic paint, which I, I think you've used for previous books as well. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that the primary medium you're working in these days? Uh, yeah, I've really pretty much done acrylics for the last, uh, I'd say, probably 12 years or so. Um, I do a traditional underpainting. So under all of these things, there is a sort of a brownish tonal painting that helps me set up lights and darks. And then I put the colors in on top of that. And uh, it, that's a very satisfying way for me to work work, uh, because that's how I I learned to paint when I was in art school. And uh, I've done some other things. Uh, The couple of books, uh, wonderful chapter books by W.H. Beck. Uh, One is Malcolm at Midnight, and then there's a most recent one, Malcolm Under the Stars. And uh, I was able to use uh, powdered graphite uh, and pencil to do the uh, the black and white illustrations for the insides of these chapter books. And uh, that was also, it was refreshing because it was kind of a different, um, such a different technique from using the acrylics that uh, um, it just, it just uh, kind of woke up a different part of my brain. Mm. And uh, you know, I think your first book, one of the uh, the Flatfoot Fox books, uh, was published. You know, basically back in I think the late 1980s. Um, what what are you know what have you observed over the years? At, you know, working for several decades now in children's books, what mm-hmm. what are the biggest changes between uh, then and now? Well, I think uh, Flatfoot Fox and the case of the missing eye uh, actually came out in 1990. Okay. Uh, although I, I did my work on it in 1989, and I mean, I I think I would say that uh, the the biggest change that I've seen in the industry is that um, we're we're in a kind of a golden age, I think, of children's books. I mean, there are so many innovative illustrators out working out there right now. Um, I think the kind of stories and the quality of stories that's being published um, is is perhaps uh, much broader and more interesting than it was back then. Uh, I think that there are probably many, many more books that would appeal to boys. Uh, especially boys who weren't into sports books than there, than there were back then. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a kind of an exciting time. I mean, we have a place where, uh, a lot of grownups are not reading grown-up literature. They're, they're reading YA and middle grade. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last couple of years, I've probably read a single, single adult book and actually two. I can think of two adult books. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I went back and I reread Watership Down. Mm-hmm. And then there was a book uh, by uh, called Theophilus North uh, by Thornton Wilder, who wrote uh, Our Town. So anybody who's who suffered through high school theater knows <laughs> knows that one. Mm-hmm. You know, if, especially if you had to play a dead person through the whole second act. Um, but uh, other other than those, I I'm only reading uh, sort of YA and middle grade things. You know, there's just there's just so much good stuff out there. And are, are you also getting out there fairly frequently to uh, talk with kids about uh, writing and illustrating and books? Yeah, I, uh, I visit schools uh, all over the country and uh, and do presentations and workshops with kids, and uh, I love that. Uh, it's so wonderful to be able to hear kids' voices. Uh, you do get to see how kids are going to react to the work that you're presenting, and so that's nice. I mean, I, I don't use my school presentations to sort of uh, do a dry run or try out material mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or even to steal story ideas from kids. Um, you know, it's really about... Um, just kind of trying to pass on the love of literature and the love of writing. Um, I do I do school visits and I do children's books now because an author visited my school when I was in fifth grade. 
And that was the first time that it ever actually dawned on me that all of these books in our school library were actually made by ordinary people, you know, normal looking people. You wouldn't, you wouldn't really be able to recognize an author in the grocery store. I kind of figured they had capes and big hats with feathers in them. And you could tell by the way they walked that they were authorial. But it was that kind of blew my mind because it, it turned out that ordinary people make stories. Were you already interested in, uh, in, in drawing in particular at that age? Well, in, yeah, in fifth grade, I mean, I always loved writing and drawing. Uh, my older sister, who's now a reporter for the Reuters news agency in Tokyo, uh, was always going to be a writer. And so as a younger sibling, I was kind of competitive and you know, I wanted to be as good as she was. Um, but it's always something that I loved, but I never actually thought I'd be good enough to do it. And even after that author visit, uh, I never really thought that that was something, something that, uh, uh, I was going to be able to do because I was one of those kids who believed you had to be born with obvious talent for something in order to be able to do it as a grown up. So coming to the children's books was for me a pretty long, uh, roundabout road. As far as, uh, you know, future books, you know, is there any chance we might see more uh, books about the uh, the bats or is that a chapter that you've sort of wrapped up? Well, the thing is, um, you never say never mm-hmm. um, about something. I've really enjoyed being in the bats world, but I also have a lot of different other story ideas that I'd like to explore. Uh, I've got a lot of things that have uh, uh, that I'm planning that have as as many details as are in the bat books and uh, uh, wacky characters and things like that. So uh, uh, it's kind of exciting looking ahead, you know, looking at, at all the possibilities. Um, you know that uh, that uh, uh, there might might be bats, might not be bats, but uh, mm-hmm. just kind of going along and seeing what what really calls to me as a next story idea. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're actively working on, or just more in the sort of exploring a few different ideas? Uh, I am I am actively working on uh, several picture book things right now. I'm, unfortunately, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't really like to talk about them too much. Mm-hmm. In process, but uh, I've got a lot of stuff that's bubbling, and uh, you know I'm eager to eager to get uh, into the real meat of the work on them. And are these books you're both writing and illustrating, or working on uh, some things for other people as well? Both writing and illustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I enjoy illustrating other other people's work. Um, it's a very different uh, kind of approach to doing your own story because uh, obviously, when you when you get the text, uh, you can't make any changes to it if it's somebody else's writing, and you really have to try to uh, do kind of a, a little bit of a mind meld with the author and and make your illustrations uh, not only move along with the the text that you're presented with, but also also to dance with a little bit and, and maybe give it even a little bit more motion and interest. Um, obviously, when you do your own work, you're free uh, to let the pictures affect the words, and then the words will affect the pictures and back and forth and back and forth uh, until you finally have what becomes the finished book. Hmm. Any chance of a, a book about moms out there? Or are you going to leave that one for the mothers? Well, I guess the thing is, uh, you, you know, you, uh, I did not have the experience of a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, they always say write what you know best. 
Um, that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, I think that uh, doing really good research, uh, you can write about topics that you haven't lived. But uh, I think this this one was a very personal book for me, Gator Dad, because um, I've always had a very, very close relationship with my daughter, Maddie. Um, because of that time that we spent together. Uh, I can always tell when she's upset, even when she's trying to hide it, because you can see a certain little set of her lower lip, a little bit different. I can say, okay, what's going on? And she'll open up to me. Um, so, you know, I think that this probably was my parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again for speaking with me and uh, congratulations on the new book. Oh, thank you very much. Real pleasure to uh, to meet you electronically and uh, hope people will enjoy Gator Dad when it comes out. Once again, I've been speaking with Brian Lees, whose picture book Gator Dad is out in May from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. 